space anime hello everybody welcome back to podcast of the galactic heroes the uh podcast that remembers to say its own title at the beginning roughly one fourth <laughs> of the time with me is Giap and Kubo, as always. welcome back to space anime or as i call it spanini <laughs> no okay wait whoa whoa you made that into like a sandwich press you've gone too deep on this one young man spanini i, I gotta i gotta spanini make dinner after this i've got sandwiches on the mind that's just like a, that's a space panini which okay a wait. space panini was i took space i put anime i mashed them together i made a sandwich all right so episode 65 <laughs> <laughs> 60. Yeah, episode sixty-five to sixty-nine. Yeah, where we last left our get heroes. it out of your system. Our yeah, heroes, nice. okay, who are cool. also sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lovelow tries to cover up Yang's escape, um, but all the civilians on the in the Free Plan Alliance are not buying it. He's like, you know, submit, what is it called? Blanketing it up, press releases and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Where'd both, Yang go? I don't know. Don't ask about it. Shut up. Yeah, both the Free Planet Alliance and the Galactic Empire aren't saying jack shit, so there's riled rumors and people are protesting and everything. Like, we see some of the rumors, they, like, they're pretty <laughs> ridiculous. These people have no idea what's going on, so they're just making shit up. But, I've um, heard that Yang died weeks ago. He's actually a figment of our imagination. <laughs> yeah, it's shit like that. It's. I've heard he split his psyche into two separate people, Yang and somebody who the- represents his inner monologue. <laughs> Uh. From what I understand, <laughs> Yang is really more of just a fractured remnant of a dream of a very strong magical mountain <laughs> people that's being projected into the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 110 is going to end and then it's going to zoom out and there's a snow globe and there's a kid thinking about Yang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so currently Yang is chilling out at that Mercat's asteroid. Um, he's not quite sure of what he's going to do because he's kind of in a political predicament at this point. Um, Kazern is asking about what they should do about Alpha Seal because Alpha Seal has declared independence, saying that they're separate from the Free Planet Alliance, which they consider a puppet state at this point, And they're, you know, going to we're the true independent people right now. Um, and again, as a quick reminder, Alpha Seal is the place that Yang saved via the major evacuation. So they value Yang higher yeah. than maybe anywhere else. Also, as a side note, it is quite far away from Heineson and very close to where Izzelhorn is. And this is kind of relevant later. But Yeah, it's, it's not a high-profile place other than some things that have happened within the context of the story. It's kind of later on emphasized to be kind planet. of um, just a pissant little planet. So yeah. it's like them them announcing independence is kind of weird to everybody. Yeah. So yeah, and people aren't like really going on board with it either. Like, like there are other. There? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there aren't other other like random groups from the FPA being like, yeah, we are independent too with Alpha Seal. <laughs> like a lot of them are just kind of like, huh? Y'all are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote a va- very famous and wise scholar, whack. <laughs> Whack. As historians would call it, quite whack. <laughs> anyway, um, they are asking, since they love Yang so much, for him to come and lead them. Like, they want him as a general or leader of some sort. Um, because they consider him, you know, a beacon of democracy and all that. Uh, so while Kazern's asking about this, Shankot busts on in and says, hey, you know, you should be leader again. He's really laying it on quite thick in this scene, saying you should be... You know, the Admiral, you're smarter than Reinhardt is. You just lack ambition. If you really were to take the reins, you could, you know, go far and all that. Yeah, Shinkop's basically hollering, shit or get off the pot, shit or get off the pot the entire time to Yang. And Yang's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to I would like to rest on the pot, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to wait here a little bit longer. Also, could you bring me some brandy? I actually found a couple Reader's Digests in here that I have yet to peruse, so I'm going to go he ahead and just He would not grace keep... himself. With he would be totally into, like, National Geographic or something. <laughs> anyway, um, we get a scene of Leblow. He's gone on TV. Uh, Leblow's not looking so hot these days. Yeah, um, Leblow aged, like, 30 years, and he's getting the crazy eye at this point. Yeah. But he says on TV that Alpha Seal is breaking against the Free Planet Alliance's democratic ideals, and it's not what they should do. They should be united with the Free Planet Alliance and all that good stuff. Um, I'm ruling this democracy with an iron fist. Yeah, he leaves the uh, TV. He does one of these West Wing wall- hallway walks. Um, he's talking about uh, 
asking if Bucock has been reactivated yet for a high admiralty. Uh, Bucock's refusing on uh, medical grounds, I think it was. He said he doesn't want to. So yeah. they instead gave Yu Chan, that sandwich dude, the high admiral position instead. Uh, and Leblo is thinking that people are just abandoning him. Like, he's kind of losing it. He thinks yeah, that- and he's kind of starting to, like play it as a bit of a victim role too like he's just like everyone's just leaving me they're all incompetent everybody sucks it's me i'm, I'm the only guy worth a shit i would like say it's like 50 just... him playing victim 50 him going crazy yeah because he's just yeah, talking to himself yeah. I-, I love that because whenever he's talking to himself at several times within these episodes you always just see characters reacting to it as a person would yeah like it's not it's not brushed no, off he's losing it's it, not but... brushed off within the realm of anime or theatrics it's just basically Okay, I'm going to back away from this situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody can tell Leblo's starting to fall apart and that, like, this is way too much. But at the, you know what? He is sticking to his guns. There mm-hmm. is that still. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the a other, scene. The other the thing t- is um, he, he thinks that Bucock is making up the excuse that he doesn't want to serve for medical reasons. But as we see later, Bucock is emphasized at this point as, you know, his health is degrading yeah, legitimately. Um, yeah. So Yang, well, I should say Yang and uh, um, Frederick, uh, they're eating dinner and they're talking about, you know, the political situation and what's going on. There are also um, t- tiny rolls of various sizes, I noticed. <laughs> there are bread in the scene, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yang's thinking it may be a good idea to retake Islehorn because it's close to Elfesil, so they can kind of, you know, help out with that sort of thing. Plus, it's pretty much impenetrable. And if they were to take it, they would actually have a place to call home and a base that they can establish, you know, political influence from. Um, it's also got a really sweet park. It does. What is yeah. that one uh, in the real world? What is that place that keeps trying to like establish itself as a nation that's just like an oil platform or something? Oh, Oceana? Uh, ocean land, I think. Ocean land. Yeah. yeah. Are they are they like going to pull an ocean land in this fortress? They're like this <laughs> Probably, is old yeah. ocean land. I think the difference nice. is that uh, ocean land doesn't have a navy, space navy. So mm. <laughs> anyway, that's true. Yeah. Um, Yang knows that by sitting around, eventually Ryan's, uh, Ryan's going to act one way or the other uh, concerning Alpha Steel declaring independence and the FPAs, you know, being stupid and falling apart. Um, he wants Ryan wa- he, Yang wants Ryan to act first because he thinks that if this happens, the Free Planet Alliance will freak out so hard they'll like beg for him to come back. Um, he knows that if he goes to Alpha Steel, though, that will burn the bridge to the going back to the Free Planet Alliance. And then Ryan will just come in and sack everything. So he's just kind of waiting right now. He's hoping that Ryan will just, you know, come move on in. Um, he also yeah. compliments Frederica on her stew, but she didn't make it. And he gets all embarrassed <laughs> that about was it. so good. <laughs> yeah, this is kind Basically. of a, like a no-win situation for Yang. Because it's like, if he goes to Alpha Seal, that's kind of like a big old bullseye for people to come if they want to join the ragtag group of folks. But also, it's kind of like a big, huge central bullseye. And they're such a pissant little planet. It's like they would... It'd be yeah, he like knows holding he up a sign saying, come and destroy us. Yeah, he doesn't and have at the first I thought, military At first for I thought you meant the no-win situation was the stew. Because, like, <laughs> he sits down and gives Frederica the compliment. And then uh, she explains, yeah, it was... Um, the lady who she was trying to learn cooking Kazern's from. Kazern's wife, yeah. Kazern's wife, yeah, just made it because she needed to be focused on, you know, kind of being <laughs> Yang's number two uh, in the military situation. And just, man, Yang went for it. He was like, finally, I can compliment this. This one's real. It's legit. Like, this is this is great. First good meal I've had in days. <laughs> yeah, and then just, I didn't make it. God, <laughs> that is like a maximum level own goal, and like well, Frederick is cool about it. Like she just kind of blushes and is like, "Yeah, about that." So we go back to the Highness Inn. Um, we get a scene of Leblo and Yu Chan talking. Uh, Leblo is scared at this point that Yang may go to Reinhardt and get a position in the Galactic Empire as revenge for the plot that they had against him. Um, Yu Chan's just kind of chill, as he always is, says, uh, you know, you should just let him back in, you know, he probably doesn't want to go to democ- or to an authoritarian state anyway. Um, what am I saying? Um, yeah, he says that Yu Chan, um, Trina was wondering if he would go to uh, Reinhardt because the Galactic Empire is authoritarian and, like, you know, Yang spouts all these democratic ideals and stuff, but Yu Chang kind of undermines his own point by saying that you know Goldbaum Dynasty started as the Democrat uh, as a Democrat too, and you know he went crazy. 
So mm. I think this is also the scene where uh, Leblo just completely loses it and starts muttering to himself and like Yuchan mm-hmm. just backs away. Yeah, yeah. There's like two scenes <laughs> yeah. in these episodes where Yuchan's talking to him in his office and this is the first one where he just starts backing away. <laughs> uh, so we get a scene of Mittenmeyer and uh, Rutenthal. They're on like a moving red carpet, like Jetson style space. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they're on their way to go to their ships because uh, Reinhardt is moving all of the fleet to, to Fazan because he's moving the capital. Um, Mittenmeyer tells Rutenthal that he should... Once, once know, again, somebody talking about boning down in these episodes. Just got to point it out now. <laughs> yeah, he tells Rutenthal, like, listen, man, it's getting about that age. You're about 30. You should go and marry or something. Rutenthal just laughs at him. She tried he's, to stab me in the back yesterday. I think she's the one. <laughs> yeah, he talks about like, this crazy woman that he's hanging out with. He's like, yeah, she told me she wants to see, quote, the aftermath of my downfall. <laughs> my downfall. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, like... There's, there's also a scene just showing of, like, him just sitting upright in bed without a shirt on and she's lying yeah, against she's him and it's, and it's like without seeing their eyes you think oh that's romantic but then you see her eyes and she's scowling you see at him eyes. it's yeah. just full of hate it's yeah, incredible there is no facade it's just like i fucking hate you <laughs> yeah i have a note here she still wants to kill him but the sex must be amazing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so Mitt Meyer's just like listen dude you gotta dump her she's bad news and uh, Ruth Hall says, if I suffer a downfall, it will be in war and not because of that woman. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we get a shot of the Galactic Empire fleet leaving Odin for Fazant. Um, back on that asteroid that they're chilling at, uh, Frederica and uh, Yang are gossiping with Dusty because I guess Dusty knows about Shankov's kid. And uh, he doesn't know that she's on this asteroid. Even though he's like um, spilling the beans about it, so uh, Frederica asks, like, uh, Dusty is playing up like she's all cool and everything and all this, and Frederica asks her if she likes her uh, cat rose, and he brings up, he's like, I don't want to call Shenkop my father. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it does seem like being involved with, I mean, anywhere near Shenkop's kid would be a terrible plan. Like, just one misstep and, uh, oops, dropped my axe through your neck. My bad. <laughs> um, so we get a quick scene of Julian, Popolan, Mashengo, and all them on Odin. They're going to, like, the History Museum there because um, Julian's a nerd and wants to go to the History Museum. I guess it makes sense if you go to the Capitol to see that, but... Uh, we also see Popolon is hitting on women, which uh, Mashenko gives him a thumbs up, which was kind of funny. Mashenko once again is just like can't go against fate. Like <laughs> just every time it happens, he's like he's like you know the scorpion's gonna sting and Popolon's gonna do Popolon shit. It's just like. <laughs> Uh, so we see a scene of Silver Birch, which was I forgot his title is like Ministry of the Interior or something like that. Um, this yeah, is the he's guy over- that rang- he's overseeing the whole movement of yeah. the capital city. Um, we've got a shot of him. He's real good at his job, but he's pulling all nighters at his office and it's burning him out. So Reinhardt is sitting at his desk. He is still waiting for, so he set off the investigation of what happened in the free plan Alliance with the concerning Lenin cops, suicide and all that. And, mm-hmm. um, he's waiting on the reports, but it's the narrator shows that the guys doing the investigation don't know where Yang is and they still have their duty to protect the planets that they're, you know, assigned to. So the investigation is going real slow at this point. I think there's a time skip. They say like you know, a couple of months later, he eventually gets the um, full report. And during that time, like uh, there was an anonymous message saying like, Hey, if you go out to these space coordinates, there's going to be a space buoy there. And inside they find Lenin camp with the notes from uh gang's group of people saying what happened, their version of what happened. So yeah, the, the thing this- is when Yang described when he was going to deliver um, Lenin camp's body, I thought they would have, I mean, when I was watching this, just this last time, because I couldn't remember this plot thread, I thought there was something like they were going to hang on to the body for something to happen, and it would mask his suicide, and it looked like, oh no, he happened to die as we were returning him. But no, this is very much just, here you go, by the way, here's a note, we didn't fuck up, sorry. It was kind yeah. of an odd situation for how they talked it up earlier, is what I'm saying. Yeah, the, I think it was more that when they were leaving the planet, because there was still had Leblo's tactic support of the plan, they didn't want to like say, "Oh yeah, Lennon Camp died. Sorry, Leblo," and like force it on him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at this point, they can't really hide it anymore. So they say, "Yeah, this would be committed suicide. It wasn't our fault. Sorry." And the episode ends with Ryan getting the report about what happened. Mm-hmm. 
Episode 66 starts with Oberstein, Rutenthal, and Mittmeier uh, sitting down for a meeting, because this is the meeting where they're going to read off the report and stuff. They learn that it is a suicide, and uh, Mittenmeyer's like, well, you know, if he killed himself, we can't really hold Yang that all that responsible. Yeah, and they also seem to be on Yang's side, kind of like, well, Yang was retired, and he was being harassed, so, you know, from, from at least how they're looking at it right now, it's basically yeah. like, well, Yang was pretty yeah. much backed into a corner. Well, that's one what Mittenmeyer says, to, yeah. What, yeah, one's just kind of like, do you want to have to deal with this when you retire? Like, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it was a complete asshole yeah, move. I, I yeah, think the of thing the three is of them, they... Mittenmeyer supports and uh, respects him, I guess, the most. So he takes yeah, his side Yeah, the thing is, easily. at this point, though, their side doesn't necessarily know about Mercats and all this stuff, you know, about Mercats being alive. So at this point, mm. they think it was just uh, Lin and Camp jumping at shadows. So now yeah. they're kind of, right now, at least at this point, they're kind of like, well, you know, he was just chasing after rumors and hounded him. So, yeah. so Mittmeyer says he doesn't want to hold the end responsible for the suicide. Oberstein says that since he thinks Leningkamp's hand was forced, since you know he was captured and all that, and that Yang is really ultimately responsible anyway because he did this rebellion. Um, Rutenthal says that hey, Leningkamp may have gone crazy. You know, he was angry that Yang had beat him several times on the battlefield and all that. So maybe he created the situation, and it's kind of hard for them to like speculate at this point what went down because they really don't know all the details. Um, they still think that Reinhardt wants Yang to join the Galactic Empire, and this brings up the discussion between Rutenthal and Oberstein about what they wa- Oberstein wanted him to do had he had taken a position. Uh, remember back when Reinhardt met Yang at the beginning of the third season, um, he offered him positions of power, and he said no, but... Had he taken those positions of power, Oberstein probably would have made him like the acting director general of the FPA side or whatever like that. Yeah. They start arguing at this point. It's obvious that there's some animosity between uh, Rutenthal and Oberstein. Uh, Oberstein questions Rutenthal's loyalty to Reinhardt, um, while Rutenthal questions Oberstein's intentions behind the scene, you know, his meddling. Um, They start to get real pissed, but eventually Reinhardt enters in scenes and they ask him pretty much directly who was responsible for Lenin camp's death. Um, he kind of deflects in this scene. He doesn't really know what he wants to do. Um, Reinhardt wants to recruit Yang. Oberstein says that they would need over, uh, that Yang would need to sever all ties with the free planet Alliance in order to work under Reinhardt. And Oberstein knows that Yang would never do that. And this kind of pisses Ryan off that Oberstein is speaking like this so plainly. Yeah, that he's willing to not sugarcoat it at all. Yeah, he's, he's like, just listen, like, he's never going to work for you, boss. You can't. Literally, yeah, Reinhardt, Reinhard, he's just like, dude, you are obsessed with getting this guy, and it's just never going to happen. So just stop it. Just move on. Like, come on now. Yeah. Um, Reinhardt kind of downplays uh, democracy as like these idiots never knew what kind of you know talent they were giving up. And then Mittmeyer says, well, you know, the politicians were idiots. It's not necessarily the style of government that it was at fault. But uh, mm-hmm. Rutenthal point blank asks Reinhardt, what are we going to do about this? Reinhardt, you know, fiddles with his locket for a bit and says that the blue's just going to wait because he doesn't really know. After the meeting, it's obvious Rutenthal was kind of mad about that decision because he starts questioning whether or not Rein is knows what he's doing, like his strategy, If they, because Rutenthal thinks they should move in and punish the Free Planet Alliance for this. Uh, he was and also he, he's talking about like how uh, Reinhardt, by starting to become idle, is just kind of like not doing what he's good at, like not taking advantage of his strengths. Yeah, he thinks he's going soft, like he isn't ruling with the authority that he is should be deserved, and this is kind of making mm-hmm. Rutherford regret that he's following him, Reinhardt. That is. Um, we cut to Hildegard sitting at a desk thinking about the powers at play in the political scene in the universe, and she kind of lists them off. They're the New Galactic Empire, the Free Planet Alliance, Yang's independent forces, the Fazan Remnant people, the Old Gold Bomb Dynasty people, uh, the independent Alpha Seal, and then the Earth Church. Um, she starts crossing people off on the list. She's not concerned about the Old Golden Bomb Dynasty of the Earth Church because one is in shambles and basically gone, and the Earth Church has just gotten annihilated. Yeah, the Earth Church just kind of blew up a large percentage of their own. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's concerned if that Yang, the Free Planet Alliance, and Fazani join up, that could be a problem because they would have military uh, genius, the power for the military, and the backing for the money, and that could be a issue to the Galactic Empire if that ever happens. 
But she says that the Yang is the linchpin of that. And if they were to lose him, then none of that would happen. And she wonders if Yang has any future plans. Like, it, she was thinking that if so, if Yang gets on the battlefield, beats the Galactic Empire, say, kills Reinhardt or something, what does Yang plan to do after that? And she doesn't think that, she thinks that Yang doesn't know and that Reinhardt's thinking too hard about what that is. Um, Reinhardt then comes into the room, asks what's on the agenda. Apparently, Silverbirch, the guy who's doing the move, has uh, been working so many all-nighters that he burnt himself out fell sick. Um, his second-in-command, the replacement guy, uh, decided to resign because he wasn't good enough. <laughs> like, I guess he tried filling in for a week and just lost it. But um, yeah. there's a scene of Reinhardt saying, listen, you're a good job. You're number two. Your reason you're number two, if you were number one, I would have put you in command. You're doing a good job. Go back to work. And this guy's, like, all starstruck and everything. Yeah, like, he, he's kind of just saying, like, hey, I'm failing or whatever. And, yeah, Reinhardt's like... You're good, man. Like, you're keeping it together. Like, you are the support guy. The fact that you're doing it at all is all good enough. Get get in there, Slugger. But then it seems like there's also a bit of Reinhardt getting frustrated, you know, of, you know, I can't leave anything to these idiots, that kind of thing. I think it was more because this later part of the scene is um, them talking about how the new government will head out in the future. And they made a note to say, like, ambitious and, you know, Genius people are great when there is a vast amount of change going on, like currently in the Empire. But in the future, they're going to need more steadfast, longer-term thinking people. And that was supposed to be the scene that showcased those two. Because the Silver Purge guy is, like, really smart at his job. But he's, like, too ambitious and too kind of you know, out there, I guess. While the yeah, black guy that was trying to resign was saying that it was like, oh, this guy has a solid head on his shoulders. He thinks he, for the future. He may not be as talented, but he's a solid, you know, guy the tenure, you know. Yeah, so. he's also um, something that um, uh, Hilda also thinks is she's, you know, listening to him t- say this is he's kind of building his government off of even though he has really good people like Silver Burst, you could do the job of three or four people. He's also telling Hilda to bear in mind that as they name posts for people as they're doing this sort of stuff, they need to bear in mind that if they have somebody who's really fucking good at their job, they need to bear in mind that if that person vanishes, the person who would step in should be, you know, a more too, yeah. realistic demand. So that's why he said that, to bear in mind that this Gluck guy, who's his second in command, just to base everything that that role would handle, make the baseline assume that somebody is at least as competent as Gluck and not assume that they're a, a boy genius like Silverbirch. More sustainable, basically, and she kind of wonders if he's, I guess, kind of planning on what would happen if, like, he vanished somehow. Like, you know, just putting people in place who were not, you know, assuming what would happen if the geniuses vanished. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was more just highlighting that Ryan has a good head on his shoulders when it comes to picking out people. Mm-hmm. That he was just smart enough to know that this guy needs to be in command, but the, you know, steadfast But he's a special case, yeah. so... Uh, so the next scene is of the funeral for Lenth Camp. So they recovered the body. They realized that it was a suicide and all that. So they have a small private funeral for him. It's mostly just the high admirals that knew him. There's been no public announcement about it at all or anything like that. Um, there's a scene, I think it's Muller and uh, Mittenmeyer talking. They're introduced to two new admirals uh, that were underneath Lenth Camp. Uh, their names are Kafstein and Grills, Grillpalzer. Those are great names. Grillsby. Grills, <laughs> right. Big old grills. <laughs> the grill monster. Um, there were two up-and-coming dudes on their Lend camp. They're sad that their master got killed. They kind of want to take revenge on him. Uh, Mittmeyer's like, listen, it wasn't Yang's fault. Stop having bloodlust, you crazy people. Also, it comes out for whatever reason that Grills Palser likes cartography and that he wanted to get a job doing planet searching and they got a job doing that so he was happy to see him him reading a note in the bathroom and then he yeah was like it was like out. he got he got like um brought in by the some museum or something for geography because he was a geographer so it was like he's i don't know what they meant in that scene like he's gonna bail on the job yeah i think it was just someone that he was happy with it I, i'm not i guess sure. i think he i know these two come back later but i forgot in what context i can't even remember this them. one guy finally gets this one dude gets out bringing the count to two the man who now keeps bees and this guy who gets to just do <laughs> the like geographer maps and, shit. and the bee man yeah <laughs> it'd be fun the to entire be, uh... universe will implode and still sydney will be off on his happy little farm tending to his bees getting drunk on mead Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so we have the there's a high council meeting of all the admirals. Um, this is where they start talking about what they're going to do with Lenin Camp stuff. 
Uh, Muckenberg is talking about how centralizing the military power is good because they're all moving to Fazan. Um, that splitting it can lead to decisiveness, and he thinks that the military power should be centralized, and that includes going over to the FPA and taking everything over. Um, they say that as long as Ryan is alive, it's going to be easy to centralize the power and it won't be an issue, but his bloodlust is kind of going away because he hasn't had anything to do recently. Um, mm-hmm. Bittenfield sees the Free Planet Alliance chaos, since they're you know kind of fucking themselves over right now, as a good time for the Galactic Empire to just go in, get the job done, unite the entire galaxy and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone brings up the point that they can't just go in there and squash the FPA because they signed that peace treaty and there are laws, you know, they're real smoky. Uh, Bittenfield thinks they can just use Lennon Camp's death as an excuse, saying that, you know, listen, you killed this high admiral who's a friend of ours, that no one voids the peace treaty. Um, they also think that since Yang has defied the Galactic Empire, they can move against him, but they don't really know what he's doing right now because he just kind of disappeared to them anyway. Like, they don't know what he's where he went or what he's trying to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they also think that they've gotten reports that they say that Murkatz is alive and that's where Yang went to to go deal with them. And Fahrenheit, who was shown... God, it was at the end of season one, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, Fahrenheit yeah. had uh, relationships earlier with Murkatz. They were in the same fleet and all that. So Fahrenheit was thinking about his former colleague, about what they would do if they met on the battle. Pretty much like a mentor, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so Reinhardt's listening to all of these guys argue, and it's obvious that he's bored. God, <laughs> he's this, this reaction there. scene is so weird to me. I feel like I missed a few lines. Yeah, he's so, bored. Uh, uh, sorry to jump ahead, but I just want to describe this while it's going through. So Bittenfeld stands up and pretty much says to Reinhardt, basically, we should go out there and kick their asses. And then Reinhardt goes, holy shit, you're right, and gives this big speech and says, we're going to go kick some space ass. That's kind of I what it boils it, down it, to. It, and what it I was find, kind of Ryan just snapping yeah. is really what it was. And like it thing, was just kind of like they were all sitting there and it was all the little micro politics stuff. And he eventually was just like, like Reinhardt's just sitting there, like tapping his fingers on the desk, rubbing his locket. <clears throat> and yeah, Bittenfield just stands up and he's just like, this sucks. We should go kick some ass. And Reinhardt's like, damn tootin'. It's really weird because Bittenfeld, as they've shown throughout the series, and as it continues to be shown, he's kind of an idiot, I think. Yeah, as close as you could get to a dumbass. Like, he's got really good ships and probably really good people, but he's also not a... It's weird to save somebody that sort of role and level. He always goes least, in. Yeah, he's like all There's offense. There's no subtlety with Bittenfield. Offense. He's not subtle. And he's just, it's just like he stands up and goes, boss, we should we should go kick their asses. Like, he has a point. My God. <laughs> well, the, it, the thing is, like, the seat leans up. And while they're all talking, like, mm-hmm. Reinhardt's having this inner monologue about himself. Like, he wants to he wants to go and deal with the FPA, but he knows that if he uses his power randomly and just for arbitrary reasons he's no different than gold dynasty was and he doesn't want to be that person and i think that was what the scene was trying to get to like it was the inner conflict between him not wanting to be a tyrannical on the whim dictator but also knows that he has a bloodlust and wants to get something done because he's bored in peacetime mm-hmm. so. oh and yeah also because of this scene they they pretty much solidify that Murkat's alive from i think they mentioned there was a pow or several that confirmed it yeah. so at this point they make an offhanded comment kind of like huh I guess Lennon Camp wasn't jumping at shadows, so now they have a little bit more reason to, you know, be against Yang as opposed to give him the benefit of the doubt of the whole situation. Yeah. So it's like, oh, so he was doing stuff under the table. So episode 67 starts up with Yang giving an all-points bulletin broadcast to the entire universe. Um, or Ryan. Ryan. Or Reinhardt, yeah. sorry. Ryan does. Um, saying that the uh, he straight up asked in the beginning, asked the Free Planet Alliance civilians if they should support their government. Um, he gives the government the story. He gives everyone the story of what happened there, um, blaming the government for trying to cover it up. He says he'll take some of the blame for not watching it closely because he wasn't in full control of Lenin Camp. But he also says that the FPA were stupid for listening from Lenin Camp, who was screwing up, and for blaming Yang, who was innocent and everything. Uh, he lays into the FPA a bit for breaking their own laws and then trying to shift the blame after the fact to not take the blame. Uh, everybody is shocked at this. Um, all the civilians start rioting and, you know, demanding what not of their government. Bucock's watching this on TV and he just gets up and gets his uniform out because he knows that he's going to have to go off and well, fight no. again. <laughs> it's not even he gets his uniform out. It's his wife walks out <laughs> holding his uniform and just kind of smiling at him like, 
<sighs> it was a good break, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and Bucoctus kind of like has memories of his wife and kind of is resolving to himself, this is probably the last time I'm going to see my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and just gets the uniform back on and is like, well, that's life. Um, so the end of the broadcast ends with Reinhardt over- offering Yang and his co-workers amnesty. Um, he realizes that his Yang wasn't fully at, Yang was at fault for leaving, but it was kind of not his fault that all this shit happened. So he tries to give him amnesty and all that. We see Yang watching this broadcast. Uh, he knows that he can't go back to the Free Planet Alliance or Alpha Seal now. Um, either way, he thinks he should probably go just take Izzelhorn and be independent. Um... I think this is because he knows if he goes to Alpha Seal, he's trying to legitimize this, you know, break off government and he'll get squashed by Reinhardt. If he goes back yeah. to the Fleet Planet Alliance, he knows that that's like kind of moving to go to war against Reinhardt. And he knows that like himself, he doesn't want to go to Galactic Empire because he doesn't trust the authoritarian rule in the first place. So he's kind of screwed at this point. Um, we have a scene of Reinhardt. <laughs> he's sick in bed again. The, the narrator made a comment about him having low bile rhythms, which I don't even know if that's I, a thing. <laughs> I think it, it was like a weird localization choice, I bet. And I have a feeling they were just talking about his general vitals. Like they're just saying he is way overworking himself. He's exhausting the shit out of himself. Like basically Reinhardt is really deeply burning himself out at this point. Yeah. Someone makes a, I think maybe it was his, uh, like, kid doctor person who made a comment saying, you know, the candle that burns twice as bright, half as long sort of thing. And then he was telling, I think that was when he was telling Ryan, listen, you need to chill out. Yeah. Um, They don't, they don't really mention what it is with his health, but I think the main thing is basically just maybe sleep deprivation and stress. stress, Uh, So we see that during this, uh, Hildegard is helping Reinhardt out a lot. She's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of paperwork and bureaucratic bullshit. Uh, she's also uh, shown to have a good judge of character and policy, just like uh, he has. Um, I think this was the scene where they were talking about, uh, she was saying like people were getting bad performance reviews because they were not toasting to Reinhardt's health. And Reinhardt's like, that's fucking stupid. And she's like, yeah, of course it's stupid, but these idiots love you. Um, So he's like, I've just told them not to make this a policy. And so, yeah, she's doing a lot of the work for him. Uh, she also has a plan for him to take over the Alliance uh, to give Reinhardt an enemy and kind of a focus to his uh, problems. And she kind of goes through it, but not in too much detail yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also wonders to herself what her role is with regard to Reinhardt. Like, obviously, she's uh, his assistant and everything, but I think she's starting to see him a bit romantically. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't this also where she kind of um, summarizes a plan for dealing with Yang, or is that later? No, that was there. I kind of glossed over it. She talks yeah. about how to deal with Yang and over the lines. And she, I think Reinhardt calls Rouse like, listen, you want me to go capture this galaxy and do all these things? And she's like, yeah, but I think it's a good idea. But yeah, her, he doesn't um, go into details yet about her, it. Her, she pretty much says to him, just the, plan, the ideal plan I would have is that you never face Yang on the battlefield and just let him do his own thing. And she seems convinced that it, the whole resistance thing is going to just self-destruct somehow. Mm. Uh, so we get a scene of Bucock walking back in with a cane to uh, the FPA Pentagon building, whatever it is, and all of his uh, uh, underling admirals come and help him out with that. Um, he also teases his assistants a lot. Like I think they say, like, we're all ready to fight under you, sir, and stuff like that. And he's like, this is only for a job for people over the age of 40 or something to that effect. Yeah, it's like thir- <laughs> 30 years old and higher only, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's so like, he, how old are you? 27. Mm, too bad. You can't go on the uh, the suicide mission I have planned. <laughs> uh, he gives old an assignment. Only. He gives an assignment to one of his admiral or underling people, um, which is to bring Yang a message saying to not take revenge on him and to do your own thing. So, yeah, this is Bucock straight up telling Yang, do what you think is right. Don't worry about me. Uh, I think he was saying, like, don't take revenge for him either. Like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go get blown up. I know we were buds. Just keep cool. Like, this this had to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, he also is telling his admiral people under him that uh, the young shouldn't be beholden to bad government. He knows that a lot of the problems that this government had are due to the older people not fully trusting the younger ones coming up and being 
you know, collect, correctly promoting people uh, to positions where they have, you know, the skill and aptitude to do this sort of things. And he was telling them to like, this government kind of sucks. You don't have to follow through with it if you don't think it's the right thing. Uh, we cut to Reinhardt doing his planning. They're going with Ragnarok 2 for this operation because I guess the first Quickening. one demanded a sequel. Ragnarok 2. How Ragnarok got its groove. Ragnarok 2. <laughs> this time it's personal. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I think after you name one operation end of the world, you can't do end of the world 2. <laughs> like, that's kind of Ragnarok. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... So we have a scene of uh, Fahrenheit and Oberstein talking. Um, the Fahrenheit is saying the re, uh, the invasion is risky um, because the you know they are concerned about how much territory the FPA has and their supply lines and all that. But someone else is saying that like, listen, we just sacked half of their you know fleet and blew up the other half. They don't have nothing left. We shouldn't worry about it. The FPA is in chaos. Um, we see the Free Plan Alliance having been having just learned of Reinhardt's whole talking of saying, "Hey, we're going to come and fuck everything up because you guys suck." All the civilians are just like looting shit. Like some people want resistance; yeah. uh, they want to like fight the Galactic Empire. Other people saying they should surrender unconditionally. The civilians are in panic, riots or everything. People are leaving the planet, hoarding food. You know, it's just a huge mess, to say the least. Um, yeah. There's another scene of Leblo just losing it. Yeah, I think um, uh, Tron or whoever the um, the chef, the baker fella, he also mentions. Oh, Yu Chan, off- yeah, yeah Chan. He mentions offhandedly in this scene that it seems that when, since Bukok returned to service, he's basically refused or has avoided all opportunities to meet with Leblo because yeah. Yu Chan's kind of like you don't want him to see you like this or or something like that. It's like a basically implied that he. He knows that Leblo's losing it, and he doesn't yeah, want to meet with I him. I think I think it was that Leblo considered Bukok his like last true confidant and friend in all mm-hmm. this, and that by Bukok kind of shunning him, knowing like he doesn't want to see Leblo because he knows what Leblo did to Yang and everything. Yeah, that, that Leblo too. like feels totally abandoned at this point. Yeah, and I think this was the scene actually where Leblo just loses it, and Yu Chan walks away. Mm-hmm. Probably just happened again. I just remember it happening <laughs> a couple yeah. Of times. Yeah. So uh, we see Bittenfield running his space uh, navy across Free Planet Alliance territory. Uh, they run into some dudes who want to negotiate. Bittenfield gives them the runaround and says they need to go talk to Mittenmeyer. <laughs> uh, Sorry, uh, can't talk. Got to go. Bye. Talk to Mittenmeyer. <laughs> yeah, so they go to Mittenmeyer. Uh, they have a face-to-face meeting with him. Uh, they say the, spe- the space treaty they signed gave them uh, autonomy. They're asking Mittenmeyer and everybody the withdrawal. Mittmeyer's assistant flips the fuck out saying you killed our spa- uh you killed Lenin camp this is a bad thing blames the FPA for all that man it, guys- it, it's funny how some of these military guys are so thin-skinned like in this scene the entire room of advisors under Mittermeyer get really pissed at this du- dude because he said well maybe guys are a bunch of bitches like what <laughs> pulls out a gun <laughs> yeah. it's like wow guys the FBA guy says like listen we can get this all under control we just need more time uh, Mittmeyer says that Ryan doesn't really care about all that. He says the he, uh, the FBA dudes are just stalling; that they don't have control of anything to begin with. Um, that Yang really, or that Reinhardt doesn't really care about the FBA in the first place, and they're more concerned with Yang's independent forces. And then Mittmeyer passes the buck to Reinhardt, so the guy goes the facade. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for this dude because they've been like they're just passing bureaucracy up the chain and. They are doing the FPA move, just (laughs) Empire style. (laughs) Yeah, Mittermeier just thinks to himself, you know, I kind of hand waved all the bullshit this guy is saying. If he can't, if he couldn't sway me, he's absolutely not going to convince Reinhardt. So he pretty much knows he knows he's wasting this dude's time. Oh no no sorry you called into the credit card line no if we want to get that uh that approved in that card act you're gonna to need to go to the debit card department yeah mm-hmm. no it's a different department I know weird you'd think it would just do those in the same no they're actually different so I'm just gonna transfer you and please go away <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna transfer you to a direct line to the right place don't worry it'll all be great and then you get forwarded to just a generic open hotline instead and you're lost again back at the beginning. Um, they just user. put you back to the main menu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your call gotcha. is important to us. You are number 543 in line. <laughs> God damn it. Five seconds of really, really low quality audio. 
from some bad, bad classical stuff. And then Cisco Your call is important to us. <laughs> Please hold for the next available representative. Okay, so 68 starts off, uh, Julian just, and everybody on Odin. Just repeat that audio for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, we'll get the full experience. Of Julie- listening to some friends talk while you're also just waiting on hold. It's a pretty good time. <laughs> <laughs> Julian and the rest of them are on uh, Odin. They saw the speech that Reinhardt gave, um, and they realize, oh shit, we need to get back to Heineson. Uh, but they go back to their hotel room, and their bags have been robbed. And they have lost that Earth Church disc, that very important disc. Um, they're, I'm just going to skip that one. The, they freak the fuck out, but then they realize they go to find Boris, and Boris has the disc. Um, I guess there is a bunch of laid-off Galactic Empire MPs. Um, they're kind of just ruffians that were under the old system, had, you know, assured cushy, cushy jobs. But now, are, since Rang has been, you know, cracking down on that shit, or out of yeah. a job... So, um, I guess, I so guess it was also the unemployed. So it was basically a bunch of unemployed crooked cops. Yeah. I think it was also, um, to bring up the, um, the Fizani folks still have connections, I guess as well. Cause I know yeah, Boris used so, that. Yeah. Julian was like, Boris, how the hell did you get this disc? And he's like, well, you know, I know people that know people and, uh, some take bribes and, you know, I guess I found it for you. Um, they also asked where Popolan is, um, Popolon was caught fucking some uh, Galactic Empire person's wife and jumps out a window with like his shirt and shoes in his hands and runs away while getting shot As a at. dude is taking pot shots at yeah. him like Meet all the way on down the battlefield, the motherfucker! <laughs> so uh, they meet up. They start talking about how they're going to get home. Um, getting to Fazan is obviously pretty easy, but trying to get in the Free Planet Alliance territory from there is going to be more difficult. Um... There is a random scene during all of this. There's a silent admiral dude. I forgot his name. It's one of the Galactic Empire admirals. There's a scene of him snapping his fingers for coffee and whiskey. I don't understand the point of that scene. It was a random one-off scene. Yeah. We kind of skipped it. Yeah, we just skipped it. It's not important. Yeah. So, where was I? Uh, the Free Planet Alliance knows that uh, Reinhardt's about to roll over them, but... Anyway, they still try to get geared up and get ready to resist. Um, so they're putting their military back together. Uh, Yuchan calls in uh, Mirai, Patrovich, and Fisher. Those were three admirals underneath Gang earlier when he was at Izzelhorn. Uh, I guess they're chilling at Heineson now. Um, so they, uh, Yuchan with Bukok there gives them... I don't know if Bukak was there. I think it was just Yuchan. Gives them the mission that they are to go find Gang and give him uh, 5,000 ships and supplies. Because uh, Yuchan and Bukak are planning a kind of useless resistance against Reinhardt. But he figures the three of them being better admirals than they and also uh, friends of Yang. They're kind of putting all their eggs in the Yang basket now. Um I kind of like this because they um, they give Mirai this um, transfer form, and Mirai, as they've shown in the series, they haven't really spelled it out too much, but you can get it from his demeanor that he is probably not very good at parties. It's pretty much, <laughs> he he's like explaining, why are you giving me a transfer form? Well, it, it's kind of a joke. I don't understand this concept of a joke. <laughs> yeah, he's very straight-laced. It's like, don't worry about it. But dude. yeah, Yuchan is telling the three of them, listen, we know we're going to get fucked up. We're not going to win. Go with Yang. It'll work out better in the long run. So, like, Yuchan at this point, by the way, Yuchan and Bukok both have been shown to be pretty sound when it comes to their decisions and understanding how things are going down. It's just like, it seems like we're going to le- lose Yuchan soon, and it's weird losing a character that hasn't really fucked up yet. Yeah, I mean, he, if anything, his one fault is that he's kind of too laid back. He may not take a lot of this stuff seriously, but he's shown to have good character but and so decision is Yang. Making, so, yeah. yeah, so is Yang, like the one of the heroes of the story. So, The house um, cat of the battlefield. So Bukok is talking about how Bukok feels at this point that he is on borrowed time anyway. He knows that he should have died during the first war with Galactic Empire. And that since he has had the last year or so of freedom, you know, to chill with his wife, he's thankful for that. And he thinks his death has just been postponed. And there's a scene of him. It's funny. It's just showing. There's a scene of a flashback of him just chilling with his wife at home and doing stuff. And like they say, Mrs. Bucock in subtitles, just for this one scene in case you weren't quite sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, they talk about how uh, Yang thinks a democracy, a democracy's military is to protect its civilians and not to rule. Um, Bukok thinks that Yang shouldn't have obeyed the order to kill Ryan, and that kind of makes Bukok upset that he thinks that. Like, he knows... He has the same issue that Yang does, where he knows that the military should be beholden it, to he, the civilians' desires, but he also knows that by giving up the ability to kill Ryan during that situation, it was stupid, like, tactically. Yeah. And Bukok is upset that he realizes that that's what he would have wanted. The democracy failed yeah. in that case. But, like, inherent to the nature of a democracy is that you must accept its failures and that those are part of the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we see Yang, who is chilling at the asteroid. Um, he's talking with Kazern. Kazern is coming up and is like, listen, we're broke. We need some money to run all this shit. Um, he wants to get a loan from Fazan. Uh, Kazern says that if they take Izzelhorn, then Fazan would like that because one of the choke points would be cut off and they could have kind of a toll monopoly thing going on because so Fazan would have more of a... I don't know, economic power. You mean what Fazan used to do? Yeah. What Fazan loves to do? What their favorite shit is? Yeah. Yeah, so he's saying that, listen, like, we could probably get an advance loan if uh, you were to go take Islehorn. Um, We cut to Fazan. That one FPA guy is trying to get in contact with Reinhardt to bring up his grievances, but nothing's happening. Uh, He gets a note shoved under his hotel door, and when he looks around, he doesn't find who gave it to him. He eventually meets up in some dark alley someplace, and, uh, hey, it's Rubinsky. Uh, I misread that scene, actually. I, 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 I misinterpreted that. I thought that was him waiting in a waiting room to meet with Reinhardt, and it was basically a letter saying, fuck off, he's not coming. No, it, it was his hotel room. I didn't think man. about that. You're right. Yeah. So uh, he gets a meeting at like a secret uh, underground bunker meeting with Rubinsky or whatever. And Rubinsky's wearing an, like... Wearing an Ushanka. <laughs> yeah. Which was Welcome to space Russia. <laughs> yeah. Rubinsky's like... I liked it when I was in power. I hate these Galactic Empire assholes. We need to create another civil war so I can get back in power. Uh, you should go do something about this. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, resist Rein- uh, resist Reinhardt. Um, so he gets recruited into Rubinsky's shadow cartel bullshit. Uh, Fazani, there's a scene of some Fazani civilians now. They're apprehensive about Galactic Empire coming in and changing everything. I think there's a bunch of people at the bar... Uh, talking about how, well, Fazan's changed. These people have come in. They've, you know, brought all their culture with them. Uh, some people are like, well, this is good because now we can get cool sandwiches and bread and shit. And the other ones are like... <laughs> it's it's a weird scene. It's like, man, the economy's changed. How am I going to make money? Wait a second. The economy's changed? Guys, we can make money. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's funny because they're all complaining about the Galactic Empire. And it feels like, a, it really feels like the what has the, what have the Romans ever done for us? Sort of scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have some old people sitting at a table saying, huh, if only if it were that simple, and before they could explain it, cuts away. Yeah. It's like Fizani people, like, they like making money. They can still make money. End of scene. Mm. Um, we see a scene of Mittmeyer starts attacking a Free Planet Alliance, like, cruiser factory that they're just making uh, military ships. It's weird because they decommissioned a whole bunch of ships in the war, but they're still allowed to make ships. I don't understand that, but it shows him attacking the factory. The guy running the factory is like, listen, everybody here, uh, get in a ship, go find Yang, take all these ships, see what you can do, because this place is blowing up later. Um, Mittenmeyer eventually blows up the asteroid factory and chases a bunch of the fleeing ships, but some of them do make their way to Alpha Seal and into Yang's hands. Uh, Yang did it on Alpha Seal. Yang didn't want to join them because he thought that it would be a big bullseye, like uh, Ty said earlier. But he needs support. He needs HQ. He needs money and people. So he eventually goes and meets with the Alpha Seal leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a photo op of him shaking hands with, I guess, their president or something like that. Oh my um, god, the ne- the thing yeah. was so fucking funny at the at the, like the big conference. So they have. <laughs> A big conference to celebrate, you know, Yang Wenli, the hero of Alpha Seal, has come back once more to Alpha Seal. And the press conference, they, like, announce him. There's a big lead-up speech, and then he just walks up to uh, the podium and is just like, Yang Wenli. And then sits back down, and that's it. It's like a fucking Eric Andre skit in the middle of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. It's so good. They also got a picture of him with the photo op thing, and he was pissed right after that because it was just like the whole thing with like uh, Trunit and a few yeah, other he people hates did. Photo ops. Like fuck, used again. Yeah. 
Um, it should be noted that uh, during all this PR bullshit, uh, Fedrika knows the guy who is the president. I don't know if it's the president or prime minister, the lead guy in charge. Mm. Um, from because she obviously used to live on Alpha Seal during the evacuation days, and I guess the guy used to be a dentist or something, so she knew him that way. But uh, there are there's a scene of them doing their West Wing walk down a hallway thing. The guy, the, the prime minister president guys like wonders like well we're wondering what we should name our new you know government is like a legitimate democracy or free planet alliance or whatever and gang's just like dude you have way bigger problems to worry about than what you're fucking naming this thing um, and then also he's like also legitimate maybe not the best name to use after you know that legitimate galactic empire just got <laughs> fucking decimated in 10 seconds maybe maybe yeah. don't name yourself Yamcha immediately <laughs> while he's still in the hole over there legitimate uh, Yamcha workshop club. It, don't worry <laughs> the legitimate Yamcha democracy <laughs> maybe TN everybody loves TN right he never died right <laughs> He's the Earth's strongest man. <laughs> anyway, the uh, end of this episode is them sitting around. I guess Yang brought up the capturing of Isselhorn thing, and everybody thinks this is a good idea. Um, so they start to do their planning of how to get that back. Episode 69 nice, nice. starts off nice. with uh, Bittenfield on his way to Heinesen. Uh He's meeting a little bit of resistance from the FPA on his way there, but he's just rolling over because they're not really putting any unified front to this. Um, this is where they learned that Murkatz is indeed alive and that Leningkamp did act in truth. Oh, okay. So it was here. Okay, yeah, it was here. So yeah, this fires up a lot of the admirals who realize that their righteous cause is now kind of legitified. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cut back to Yang on El Fasil. Um Hildegard is saying that they should just let... Hildegard is saying that the Galactic Empire is going to take over the Free Planet Alliance and isolate Alfesil, and that would just be easier that way. Kind of realizing that, like, they need all three pieces of the puzzle to work together for this to be a threat. Like, they need the FPA, they need Yang, and also Fazan, and just, like, the one that you can take down right now for free is the FPA. Yeah. So that's what the plan is, is, like, cut off one of the three heads, and then you're just, you're set. You're yeah, good. so Hildegard's, Hildegard's really like, Ryan, you should just go do this right now. It's quite easy. And Reinhardt's like, no, you're just telling me not to fight Yang because you don't think I'll win. And she's like, uh, no, that's not right at all. And she kind of doubles down and says that he's still a winner, you know, even though he may have lost the fight against Yang, he controls all of the galaxy and all that. And really, she's just trying to make him feel better through all this. Hey, um, champ, you're still a winner to me. <laughs> yeah. um, she wonders what will happen. Uh, she was thinking that Reinhardt, like in the past, she was thinking that Reinhardt may just burn out after being a peacetime political leader for too long but now she's wondering if she's wondering if ryan thinks he may want to die in a blaze of glory under uh, against yang as opposed to just you know living out his life and she's kind of concerned because she knows if he dies then everything's going to go downhill um we have a scene of dusty i guess so julian and co got to alpha seal Dusty was hiding out a chick, and he finds that Julian and uh, Mashenko and everybody is back on Alpha Seal now. I thought that lady was going to be a character from how they just, she didn't look like another face in the crowd, but then yeah, I, I, was, I, saying, I was saying there for like, I don't remember this character. I mean, the thing is, Dusty wasn't in the actual manga at all, right? So mm. every time Dusty is on screen, we basically have a Piccolo getting a driver's license situation. <laughs> like, everything involving Dusty is going to be the fun filler shit, including... Dusty just being like, how's it going, everybody? And they're just like, well, Popolon won't stop fucking. That's <laughs> just like yeah, I have the, the note number here, Pope, one. I have the note here. Popolon wants to fuck women on layovers. He's at the fucking airport getting off an airplane. <laughs> He's eyeing <laughs> shit. Delayed by four hours, huh? Mm. Same here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they go and check into, I guess, a hotel on Alpha Seal. Um, Cat Rose is there. And uh, Julian gets another boner. Uh, Dusty <laughs> is telling Julian that Cat Rose is the daughter of an acquaintance and that they should go, he should go meet up, but immediately spills that it's Shenkop's daughter. Um, there's some scenes of whatever that <laughs> I'd like whatever. to think inside the elevator, he was dropping very heavy hints that it was Shenkop, but Julian just wasn't picking it up. Yeah. Let me put it this way he's very good with an axe. 
Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's fucking Shenkop. Oh, that's why she looked familiar. <laughs> so um, we get a scene of Yang eventually meeting up with Julian again. It's funny because Yang gives Julian the eyes that really should only be reserved for Frederica. But um, <laughs> she gets kind of jealous here. It's funny. Um, My adopted not son. Yeah. So they they keep talking about the Izzelhorn situation. They know that if they uh, start a Fazani uprising and then take Izzelhorn by force, then it's going to split the universe again, and that's kind of good for buying time and pissing off Reinhardt. Uh, the narrator butts in here, saying that Yang doesn't know what Bukok is uh, that Bukok has got to throw his life away, and he also didn't look at the Earth Church data <laughs> that he is entering a battle he can't win. That, which it, is that kind narrator of, insert was great. He's like, like, by the way, Yang not looking at this is kind of a fuck up. I M H O. Yeah, it's really it heavy handed, but it's really good because it reminds me of. Uh, like a Werner Herzog documentary. <laughs> like, in Grizzly Man, again, like, this is another Grizzly Man situation where it's just like, this is the data disc that will kill him. So it's just, like, super good. This another is the one intel of that will fuck over his plan. <laughs> yeah, so he, they come up, they finalize their plans of how they're going to take Izzelhorn. Um, meanwhile, it's shown that the Alpha Seal government doesn't want Yang leaving. They don't want him out of its sights. It's the same problem that the FPA fell under, where they think that if Yang goes off and does his own thing, that Yang's just going to be his own boss at that point. So they don't want him leaving. So he makes Murkatz and Shenkop do the Izzelhorn assault instead of him. Um, Yang also is shown talking to Boris, saying, listen, I know you're my best contact with the Fazani government. Uh, we're going to need loans and also them to start, you know, just a rebellion. So could you set that up for us? Um, Yang says that he could tell... Yang tells Boris that they could say that uh, Reinhardt's planning on nationalizing the industry. And Boris like, really? Is he got to do that? And it's like, it doesn't matter, dude. Just tell him that. They'll go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you have to do. <laughs> um, Boris asks Yang point blank is like can you defeat Reinhardt and Yang's like fuck if I know man but it's better than nothing and then um, Yang wants to continue on a democratic government because he thinks that if it fully stops anywhere in the universe it's going to be decades if not millennia that or centuries that it's going to be for the start back up like it's much harder to start it anew than it is to just you know continue it on and rebuild it so he doesn't (laughs) want it to burn out anywhere um, Boris was saying that uh, Boris brought up the fact like, hey, the uh, Julian guy he never checked out those Earth Church discs because he was kind of deferring judgment to you uh, you should probably look at those and uh, Yang doesn't do anything about that, which again, the narrative yeah, Yang is... super doesn't do that <laughs> Just <laughs> do- doesn't, doesn't do it yeah. um, we have a scene yeah. of uh, Shenkak comes in. He's reviewing the uh, task force that he's going to head to attack, take on Izzelhorn. Uh, Julian volunteered, so he wants to run it by uh, Yang, asking, like, listen, do you really want Julian going? Yang's like, yeah, I'm not his dad. Let him do what he wants. So he does that. And then uh, Dusty teases him about Cat Rose because she also <laughs> volunteered. And um, I love that scene. Yeah, so... Dusty's teasing is like, listen, there's a cool person you may want to know about that's on your task force. You know about it. He's like, yeah, I know it's my daughter. She's not coming. Which is yeah, kind it's, of funny. It's like, there's somebody you should probably know that's on the base around here. It's your daughter. Oh, yeah, my daughter. I knew about her. Well, what? Is she hot? What? I said, <laughs> is my daughter hot? Well, I guess. <laughs> Fucking trick question. It's one of my kids. Of course they're goddamn gorgeous. And he cro- and then open- yeah. <laughs> he opens up his book to her because she wanted to be on the task force. And he marks her off. <laughs> just, I love how he's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Fucking trick question. <laughs> so, uh, that's at least 50% Shen Cop, and that's still at least 100% sexy. <laughs> <laughs> if I bone down, that's probably at least 25% in their, in their opinion. <laughs> Earn their credit. So um, the last scenes of this uh, episode is like shows Bukok getting on a ship and leaving uh, Heinesen, and the narrator is getting real morbid. Like this is the last you would ever see of Heinesen. <laughs> this is the sort. This is the sortie that kills him. <laughs> yeah. Poor Bukok. Yeah. <laughs> Running off to a fight he knows he can't win. But uh, that's the end of those episodes. Uh, we're gearing up for some more space fights. 
Yeah, yeah, and we're getting pretty far into the series now. We're uh, we're oh, well over halfway, probably pushing into the uh we're in the later half of season soon. 3 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wrap it up quickly, but yeah, again, uh if you aren't already subscribed on whatever podcast service you use, please do that. If you'd like to leave us a review, cool. But only if you like if you didn't enjoy it, don't leave it. Don't. I don't care. I don't want to know what you think. Um, <laughs> Tell us what you put in your spinini. God damn it. It's spam, eh? Well, mm-hmm. not spam, spam I hope. <laughs> Space ant. Thank you.